What's up, everybody? July 20th, episode 30 of an Orange and Blue thing, and uh, I think it's our biggest show yet. Mets are fresh off a 3-2 to two walk-off victory against the St. Louis Cardinals. Hey, if you don't know, I'm Brian Ernie. That's right there. That's Darren Meenan. What up? I swear. I'm not even lying. Uh, we got a big show coming right ahead, but first, we're going to tell you a little bit about our guests that we got tonight. We are. Do, do, you like my, do you like my Julie Chen? But first, but first, but first. That's tonight, actually. Yeah. See, we're fancy. <laughs> we're FAF tonight. Yeah. For the for the biggest show yeah. in the history of Orange and Blue Thing, episode thirty, uh, we are drinking out of wine glasses. Yeah. So, I'm not drinking wine. That, I, nor am I. Nor <laughs> am I, my friend. Yeah, dude. You can't cheers and not take a sip. <laughs> I have stuff to do here. Anyway, Greg Prince of Faith and Fear and Flushing, and the author of this fine book, Piazza Catcher Slugger Icon Star. He'll join us. Uh, at the top of the show, and then at the bottom, of course, is our first player. F- first current active player. Paul Duke has been on. Ah, that's right. Nelson Figueroa has been on. Yeah, that's right. First um, active player. First active player on the roster. Mets outfielder Curtis Granderson. Yeah, I so, wrote today that um, he let off the game today, and he's sitting cleanup for us tonight. So it's it should be a fun night. Pretty good. Yeah, and I'm glad the game didn't go 20 innings. I, the minute uh, they we were, won... I was like, okay, good. Well, the second the game got tied, I'm like, oh, here we go. It's going to be a <laughs> almost, long day. <laughs> I almost texted you, but I didn't want to freak you out. Well, you know, we always knew in the back in our back pocket that it might not be possible that we, we instead of doing a video call, we'd have to do just a regular phone call, which sure. would have worked as well. But, right. um, you know, if you are listening afterwards on SoundCloud and iTunes, I appreciate it, or we appreciate it. But there just are him. always I don't in, appreciate it. <laughs> there are always incentives to watch the live show. And tonight's incentive, thanks to the Mets for sending us this Noah Syndergaard Thor bobblehead, which is the giveaway on Saturday. We have tickets. We'll be there. We do. With the Seven Line Army. I think there are some tickets left. I don't know. Go to Mets.com. I'm sure there um, are. But yeah, I think people might be camping out like tomorrow. <laughs> you know, well, they're I mean, already on stub. They're already on um, eBay for what? A couple hundred yeah. bucks? But it's still a third of the stadium. I don't think you have to get online like t- tomorrow for I it. I don't know. I mean, we don't want to We don't want to flood the clear line, but you have clear. Yeah, I was going to say, hint, hint, you, might wanna... clear. you might want to utilize that <laughs> on Saturday. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of people are into collecting bobbleheads. I know our buddy uh, Petey is only missing the Steve Traxel one. In the, in the history oh, really? of the Mets bobbleheads, he's missing one. So I know he said that he loves the tailgate, but he's going to miss the tailgate on Saturday because he wants to pick up the bobblehead. Well, I mean, look, if you're going to be missing one, it might as well be Steve Traxel. I got Traxel. an extra. Of what? I got, I got two. Oh, of so I'm keeping one, yeah. You should. I'm sorry I didn't get you one. No, it's fine. <laughs> That's what my dad's for. It's for the people. I'm sending my dad online. I'm like, go, go take care yeah, of it. Yeah, so if you are watching live, um, all you got to do, you probably know by now if you're a frequent uh, loyal viewer of the show, just share the show right now on your Facebook wall and say you're watching Orange and Blue Thing. And then at the end of the show, before we turn this thing off for the night, before our Facebook Q&A, which is always a wildly popular segment wildly, of the show. <laughs> wildly. We will people, select. People come up to us all the time. They talk to us about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. We will uh, select one lucky live viewer to win this bobblehead, and I promise we'll ship it out tomorrow. Um, we, are, we were in the process of moving our warehouse. We're yes. finally kind of in. Um, moving trucks started coming uh, this past Monday. I'm so confused of what day it is. Obviously, it's Thursday. That's why we're doing the show. But the past... Four or five days have been a complete blur because we had the yeah. outing last Friday night, yep. which we won. Uh, we brought our our career total to forty one and thirty one. We're ten games over five hundred. So I love the the, the losers, say, but the seven line always loses. Yeah, the haters, the the freaking losers on Twitter that like to say that um, every time the Mets lose when we're there. 
um, they like to say that uh, they You're lost because player. of us, which is right. which is bull. A uh, bunch of malarkey. So we're forty-one and thirty-one. <laughs> <A> bunch of malarkey. <laughs> this season we're seven I and three. I tell you, now. kiddo. Friday was awesome too. It was a, we we t- we didn't tailgate. It was a it was a weekday game. It so was we in were, McFadden's day. Yeah, we were at McFadden's and uh, pre-gaming there. Thanks they, to them for all the great drinks. They make money now. Yeah, well, it was a $2 beer deal in the beginning of the season, which they were getting freaking demolished. So they upped it to four. Still, $4 beers at the ballpark is a great deal. Um, obviously, 14-2 to two victory. It was almost kind of like, not that you, you can never get comfortable because we've seen the Mets and any team blow some big leads. But right. towards the end of the game, you're like, all right, this is in a bag, you yeah. know? Yeah. Another another good victory. So we're 7-3. and three. We got an outing this Saturday. You do? And it'll be 8-3. and three. Against the Oakland Athletics, <laughs> I would certainly hope so. I hope so, man. I who knows? You know what? You know what's funny or not even funny? It's just uh, um, un. It's an unfortunate, unfortunate, realistic uh, aspect of the team in the past few years. It's like on a, on a on. Let's say the Dodgers came into town this week. Mm-hmm. We would take the series against the Dodgers and then get like killed by the Braves. Yeah, you know, it's 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 playing, not fun playing down to the competition yeah. up and down. You know, it's which is a hallmark of an inconsistent team so you know that's the problem when when you're a good team like they were in 2015 you beat up on those kinds of teams and actually i think this year the the opposite has been true because i think they've actually handled those those bottom feeder teams pretty well and then you get to the you know the nationals of the world and they halt every streak i mean that's really been the story of the last month and a half right every time that looks like they're about to go on a little bit of a roll they get knocked back down a peg which is what you know the last two national series were so well speaking of be- not being knocked down and hopefully a sign of good things to come this week I guess it was a couple of days ago. Noah and uh, Harvey yes. tossed to each other. You, you know, no big whoop. It's not like they were throwing a bullpen, but they were tossing in the outfield. They, they both those guys uh, had a ball in their hands for the first time in a while. Noah hasn't pitched or, or thrown at all since the end of April mm-hmm. when when he pulled the lat. And Harvey's had like a off month, obviously. So we'll see what happens with these guys. Um, Familia, I think, is throwing down in Florida. I'm still laughing at myself for drinking out of a wine glass. Why not, dude? So. I, d- d- I'm fine. I don't know, man. It's 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 we, it's we think that Walker's coming back, but who knows what the hell's going to happen because the trade deadline's a couple weeks away. What do you think of both Actually, Walker? Not even a couple weeks away. No, it's, it's like eleven days away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think of Walker and Cabrera taking balls at a uh, third base? I mean, they might as well hang a for sale sign on Cabrera's neck. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, TJ, it does not look good in the field, ugh. but he he's he's a hitter. He hits. he's hit at every level, and you know, I like to see him succeed. A local guy. And, um, you know, he's not good at third. So The problem is is that... That experiment should be over. Yeah, that it should be. The problem is right now is that they have two right-handed hitters who hit really well, neither of which can play third base, and they both can't play second base at the same time. Other, in, in Flores and, and Rivera. Yeah, other roster news this week. Robles is back. Yeah. Uh, his second pitch back, gave up a home run, and he did uh, point up. He did, he, yeah. He, he <laughs> thought it was another pop-up. It, it, it was a pop-up to the stands. I like the unfettered optimism that it's just like, yeah, you got, you yeah. got that. You, oh got, you got that? You know, and look, I'm, I've done that on the baseball field, but then again, I don't throw 97 and be, <laughs> should be able to get guys out. So. And uh, to make room for uh, Smoker today, Neil Ramirez has been DFA'd. So that experiment seems to be over as well. Thank God. But anyway. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's about as good of a hydrogen bomb. If you do check out uh, us in the outfield or wherever the hell we go, 
we do occasionally bring these gigantic banners that are actually hand-painted by our buddy Dave Majo. His yes. real name is Majowitz, but I think everyone just didn't really know how to pronounce it, so they just started saying Majo. Yeah. So Dave Majo hand-paints these banners, which are in soccer are called TIFOs, giant banners that show support for your team. And we like to uh, pass them around the section, hang them up in front of, in front of the uh, seats before we start, and also show them off at the tailgate parties. So a lot of people don't really... Like Dave is kind of a quiet guy, and they, they might not even realize that he does this by hand. It takes like 30 hours yeah. sometimes to do it. And um, he decided to let the fans decide what will be the next banner that he's going to be painting. So the Subway Series is coming up in August. And what he's doing, if, you, if you're watching now, there's some examples here on the screen of, of some of his prior work. But he wants to allow you guys to design it. So if you go to Dave Majo or Majo, D-A-V-E-M-A-J-O.com. Here, I'll pull up the website right here. If you go to the website, all the rules are there. Very easy to follow, and you don't need to have any graphic design experience with this. There is a you could save, right click and save the uh, template. I could do it in paint. You could do it in anything. <laughs> he said, he, I think in here because you could do it in crayon. He's basically going to replicate exactly what you submit, and um, he's not going to announce the winner until he unveils it at the tailgate party. Cool. The coolest part about this, in my opinion, is when it's over. If you design it, you're keeping the banner. That's awesome. Which is awesome. And for all of us who are married, it's going to be a fight. <laughs> yeah. Where are you putting that? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I was thinking the living room. Yeah. So if you've ever been to our warehouse or anything like that, we do have some of his prior work and we hang it up around, around our warehouse. But I think this is a great way to just be a part of the game. And even if you can't go to the game, doesn't mean you can't submit an idea. Yes. So are you going to submit one? Sure. I thought about it. I, it's been in uh, the week from hell at work for me this week, but... I am. It's on my uh, early Friday plan. I think this week's been pretty rough for both of us. Yeah, it has been. And you know, you talk about this often. Thursdays, like we don't get. We're, we're both parents. Yeah, we are, we're both married. We both have young children. We don't get to go out as much as a lot, as a lot of our friends. As much. And uh, <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. our this is our going out. <laughs> yeah, this is this is basically it. Uh, this is what my political capital is used for. And <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. You know, it's good. It, I'm glad we're friends. Or like, can you imagine if you did this with somebody you didn't like you'd be like oh another no. thursday there is no replacement for either of us that's true you're the stats guy i'm the computer dude over here and um thankfully if for the seven line people know who we are because yeah. if there was no seven line th this show wouldn't it would be that's, on a random facebook page that's true you'd be starting from scratch yeah no absolutely i, I say that all the time <laughs> well people still don't get that i don't work for the seven line like they, no, nobody. I don't think anybody really understands that. I, like I have a job. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like people will be like, "Yo, man, you're gonna you're gonna be in. Uh, I don't know. Like you know, San Francisco this weekend. I'm like, no, <laughs> no bro. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be working and then you know. I'm just scrolling through my uh, my timeline here. I, I don't know. Are you a Lincoln Park fan? This came out a couple hours. Yeah, ago. Yeah, that was said. I mean, I'm I'm not. I mean, other than this stuff that's on the radio, I don't really know their stuff. But yeah, I'm, I was never a big fan of the band. But I guess the lead is he a lead singer? I think there's two singers in that band. But no uh, Chester unfortunately committed suicide. I think in California. But I think they were playing next week at City. Yeah, Field. we were just talking about that. That they're they're playing with like Blink 182 and and a bunch of other bands at uh, at City Field. And I mean, it's sad. I saw somebody say on Twitter today that like. Suicide should never be the answer. And it's like, well, if you're depressed enough to, to do that, you're not thinking rationally. You're not thinking that somebody will listen to me. Somebody will hear my problems. So, like, mental health and 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 mental health awareness is, should be a massive issue in this country. And 
you know, it's it's sad. It's sad for not only his fans who, you know, I don't I don't really like celebrity social media mourning. I don't I don't you know, unless you're that person in that person's family, you don't get it. It doesn't shake you up the way it shakes up a family member to lose somebody unexpectedly. But like but I, I, I will say that, you know, for his family and, and, and all that stuff, I you know, in my prayers and everything. That's sad. sad. Yeah. Very unfortunate. Um not to completely change the subject. Yeah, subject. we don't want to bum you out, but last night, blue hair. Yeah, blue hair don't blue care. Blue hair don't care, yo. I uh, did. Did Reyes do it too? I don't know, man. And like, and I'm totally fine with this because it opens up a whole Arrested Development. I blew myself joke that like it, we can do it all summer. Are you gonna do it? Do you have enough hair up there? No, I don't have enough. <laughs> what are you kidding? I mean, like, yeah, you my, could. My hair grows right now. This is like right before I cut it, right? Uh-huh. So. I'm doing all right, right? If I bent like over like this, you would see that I like right here. It is just not so much that has resigned here. itself. <laughs> not so much here in this persuasion. Yeah, but so I so can't. I mean, I don't think nobody I can, can see do that. It. You know, I, I say to people all the time, no, like I'm, man. I'm thinning in the front. I'd rather be thinning in the back than the front. Anyway. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no. I, no. I feel like I've been going bald since I'm like twelve. No, but see, if the hairline just like progressively gets higher. Yeah. It's like, it's like a, a natural head. Dude, I went from like having hair to all of a sudden my brother-in-law is like, yeah, okay, Rogaine. And I was like, what are you talking about? And Lauren's just like, I'm like, how did you not tell me this is ter-? And like the next weekend, I buzz my head. One of my buddies never been be using Rogaine for like, since we're kids, but he doesn't do it consistently enough to really do anything. So I'm like, it's just a waste of time. I think if you're going to just give it up, Plus, what does that up. stuff do to you? Like, it can't know. be good for you. I'm going to, I'm donating, I'm going to donate my hair. That's yeah. why I wouldn't, last year when everyone was going blonde, I, I didn't want to ruin my hair because once you donate it, you, I mean, once you dye it, you can't donate it. Right. Um, but I, I, I think I heard hair grows like a half inch per month. So in. I think, and I think your hair should be 10 inches to donate. So in 20 months, you should be able to donate. So um, I haven't got a haircut since the World Series in 2015. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. But anyway, so but yeah. I don't think – well, I mean, this begs the question though. Okay. You're, you know fans will dye their hair. Well, really. your altruistic uh, intentions for donating your hair notwithstanding, <laughs> as we get the troll doll here, uh, if they went on some kind of serious run, like let's say today was the first uh, or the second of 20 wins in a row. And they're like right back in there, two games behind the Nationals. You dye your hair blue? I can't. I mean, I, I've been, I've been. First, the the it wasn't a bet, but my first statement was, I'm never cutting my hair again until the Mets are back in the World Series. Right. Um, and then you know some stuff happened in my life, and I'm like, you know what? I think I'm gonna just donate my hair. Yeah. And I'd rather do that than ruin it by just going blue because of the Mets. But I liked last night's question to Terry was like, hey, do you think a lot of what do you think of the blue hair? And he's like, I don't care as long as they start hitting, and I guarantee if it keeps up, a lot of the guys in the in the locker room are gonna join in. Yeah. And I think a lot of fans will will as well. So yeah, last night I wrote on Twitter I said, you know, these this is Mets fans next week if these guys keep hitting. It's a photo of the trolls. So. Yeah. Um, who knows? And you know, anything that's, we talked about like the, the whole crown count. We haven't, we haven't updated that because I, I said, let's, let's kind of let that die until they get back to 500. So we haven't updated the crown count, right. but you were a fan of it. I know like Lizzie hates it. Adam, I don't know if Adam likes it, but, um, I'm impartial. I think whatever's whatever, if they're, yeah. if they're having fun, I'm surprised, not surprised that they're still doing it, but we talked about this right when it came up in the first week of the season. I said, well, are they going to keep doing this if it's a meaningless win in September and they're out? Are they still going to do the crown? Mm-hmm. And I think you said yes. I don't remember what the answer I, was. I think they would just because there'd be more questions if they didn't do it. Right. Like, oh, what are you giving up? Or, right, or, right, and, right. and I think that it's good that even in a – look, only 10 teams make the postseason. You know, 20 go home. But you see like with the Astros, there's no – harm in having a down year 
because sometimes the seeds of a 30 games over 500 year are planted in that down year. And if you still keep the clubhouse light and you still keep guys, you know, working towards the ultimate goal, which is to win a championship, even when you're 10, 15 games under 500 or something like that. I think that uh, that has a that has a big impact on the overall tenor of the clubhouse. So do the Mets get back to 500 this year? I do think at some point they could, but I think that the best case scenario is like a finish one under, one over kind of thing. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they went on some kind of run to go like 81 and 81 to end the season, but I I, I don't inv- I mean for them to finish 10, 15 games over to have a serious conversation about, okay, maybe we're talking about the wild card in September. I mean, that's a that's a pretty ridiculous pace. I, th- I saw some stat, or maybe I heard it a couple of days ago when they were playing the Rockies. The the Rockies have only had a winning record on the road twice in their history. Yeah, I believe that. And I think I read or heard last night, this... I don't know if it was on the, on the program last night or the broadcast, have the, the Cardinals not have back-to-back losing seasons in like – 20-something years? In a long time. Yeah. Which is why it's so uncharacteristic and why Mike Matheny will probably be looking for uh, another job at the end of the year. So we are going to get our first guest, Greg Prince, on the line, who is the author of many Mets books, and he has a website, which we'll talk about in in a second. Greg has a website. Greg does have a website. Dennis has a podcast. And we talked about it prior to to starting this. When we do our little, we do like a 10-minute pre, whatever you want to call it, pre-show meeting. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Production heating. <laughs> yeah. So we're calling Greg right now. All right. We're going to welcome in our first guest here. He's the author of Piazza, Catcher, Slugger, Icon, Star, which is available right now. It's this book right here you see on your screen. It is wonderful. Uh, for a more regular dose of his writing, you can catch him and Jason Fry on the wonderful Faith and Fear and Flushing at faithandfearandflushing.com. I think I said that right. It's Greg Prince. Greg, what's up, man? What's going on? Hey, guys. How are you? Good. We're just hanging out in my basement, drinking beers, and uh, talking to you. So it's a it's a very glorious Thursday night here in Orange and Blue thing. So it's we're, we're happy to have you. Yeah, we got a two-game winning streak. Life is good. That's it. That's it. <laughs> One more. One more, like the old Lou Brown saying goes. Um, so, Greg, let's jump right into the book uh, because, I mean, Mike Piazza is my favorite player. Uh, and what strikes me so much about this book is that it connects the two generational players that, that the Mets have had in, in their franchise history, which is Tom Seaver and Mike Piazza. Um, that resonates with me because Seaver's my dad's guy, Piazza's mine. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that journey and, um, and how the two are intertwined here. Well, uh, I started the book on the narrative of the book that is on August 2nd, 1992 uh, for a specific reason that's the day Seaver was inducted into the Hall of Fame and I figure if you're going to talk about Piazza it's a good idea to at least start with Seaver because he was the precedent and you know the whole thing for years was you know first met since Seaver only met in the hall is Seaver timing is such that we were only without realizing it 30 days away from Mike Piazza's major league debut. Not that we as Mets fans, if we were around in 92, knew who the hell Mike Piazza was. So, you know, right there, I, I think it was sort of fortuitous timing. And also the, the, the little bridge between them in real time was August of 92. Uh, maybe you've heard of the worst team money could buy. That was, you know, the month that 
the bottom kind of fell out of those 92 mitts and in turn kind of set the, the stage for what was to come in terms of an even worse team money could buy in 93. And the platform from which Piazza took off to become rookie of the year. Uh, again, little did we know that he was going to be the next Mets Hall of Famer in uh, August of 92 or September when he came up or the following April. But by the middle of the next season, we knew two things for sure, that Piazza was already one of the great hitting catchers of all time, certainly on his way. He was an all-star already. And that the Mets were at about the lowest point of their history. And you, you probably couldn't have seen the two of them coming together. Yeah, so something I really loved was the unexpected element of both Piazza's and the Mets' rise, uh, which I can relate to based on how like the seven line came together. But in, in perspective for us, the dark days of the Mets in the early 90s to where they ended up at the turn of the century, can you just like talk about that a little bit? Yeah, uh, you know, when you went into the 1993 season, you didn't know how bad the Mets were going to be. Yes, they had had the, the terrible season in 92, but sort of like this year, they were picked in some quarters to finish first or certainly to contend because they had had such a long, solid track record coming out of the 80s. As recently as 1990, they had won 91 games, and everything that happened after was seen as kind of an aberration. Even 92, Benia, Murray, Saberhagen, Coleman, the idea being that, okay, they were – Tell me if this sounds familiar. They were all injured last year. They're going to get better. Everything's going to be fine. And in fact, it just didn't work. It was just a bad chemistry experiment on so many levels. Uh, one of the things that struck me in doing the research for the book was, you know, they had to go out and buy all these free agents or sign them or make trades for other people's contracts, basically because uh, they, they had not built a farm system or it had fallen apart since the 80s. So, you know, you just wound up with a bad year. Players who have, were very accomplished in other places and ironically or, or perhaps tortuously would go on and have pretty good careers the rest of their their careers when they went to other places. It just didn't work. Uh, the high-profile guys, the, the low-profile guys, the late Anthony Young, unfortunately, that was the gear of his losing streak uh, that set a record. Uh, you know, even in the last of the 86 Mets was was basically that year. Howard Johnson, Sid Fernandez, and, uh, of course, Dwight Gooden were all part of that team. And, uh, you know, they'd all be gone by 94. So it was a weird time, a bad time, and kind of led to the transitional years that sort of set the stage for Piazza to come along. Uh, you know, Greg, uh, when Piazza finally did come along, and everybody cites that, you know, the 9-11 homer, the homer on September 21st, 2001, as Piazza's most iconic. Um, and, and just a sidebar here, I think that it's actually, people lose perspective on how close that race was in the NL East that year and why that home run meant so much. You know, when he hit that home run off Carse, I think that pulled him to within like four, four and a half games. And they won the next night. So, I mean, if they had gotten a sweep there, I think they would have been in within like two games of first place. I think they finished six out that year. And I think that context kind of gets lost in the healing element of that home run. Um, but, you know what, leaving that aside, uh, I think that that's not even my favorite Mike Piazza home run. I, I love, just like what jumps to my mind is that three-run homer off Terry Mulholland that capped that 10-run inning, um, you know, the home run off Smoltz in the 99 LCS, and I, I feel like those all go kind of under the radar. So for you, what's your favorite kind of under-the-radar, maybe underappreciated Piazza moment in a, in a Mets uniform? 
No, there are so many of them. It's, it's funny. You're absolutely right about the September 21st home run in terms of the context of it that, that does kind of get forgotten. If Armando and Franco and a couple of other relievers hold a couple of leads, it's a very different last week, and maybe the entire script of 2001 in New York and baseball is a lot different that October. But, sure. you know, you just have to kind of put that aside. Uh, the home run that I think gets a little overlooked. There are several when you compare them to 921, but I'll go back to the very first one that he hit that just took your breath away. And that was in the Astrodome, mm. September of 98. The Mets chasing their first playoff spot in 10 years. Just a, a white-hot race between the Mets and the Cubs and with the Giants coming up fast on the outside. And they played this remarkable series in Houston where every game was ridiculously close and a couple of them went to extra innings and walk-offs and top-of-the-last-inning shenanigans. But the Mets were down, I believe it was 2-0. Uh, and they get two on with two out. And Billy Wagner, yep. who was in his prime before he came to the Mets, is uh, is in there. And Untouchable. Nobody hit, yeah, Untouchable. nobody hits Billy yep. Wagner in 1998. But Piazza hits a three-run homer. Actually, I think I think it was 3-1. to one. Well, anyway, um, it doesn't matter. They were losing by two. They went ahead three to two. I remember my reaction uh, said out loud, I think, basically to my cats. <laughs> and if my wife heard me in the other room was Mike Piazza is the greatest man who has ever lived. <laughs> um, That's right. At that moment, you, you couldn't have convinced me otherwise. And, and because it was that kind of a game, uh, bottom of the ninth, Franco wasn't available to close. They bring in Dennis Cook, whose arm was falling off. He gives, gives up a home run to Brad Osmus. And what made that game incredible you know, in the moment, certainly, um, Todd Hundley. Todd Hundley, yep. Sort of, you, you talk about, you know, forgotten. He was the forgotten man, guy who set Mets home run records the year before and catcher home run records, comes off the bench, bench as a pinch hitter, hits the home run that ends up winning the game after Turk Wendell holds on. And, you know, at that moment, it's like I could not have been convinced that the Mets weren't going to win the wild card and do whatever damage they were going to do. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. But I think it set the stage... Uh, for 99 and 2000 and you know many memories to come one of my favorite series ever in Mets history I said we've said early on earlier episodes where did you become a diehard that series is where I came went from Mets fan to Mets diehard it's it's if you ever want to check out three of the most underappreciated games in Mets history it is that series that's an amazing series so Greg um are, are you ever surprised how seemingly quick towards the end of Mike's tenure with the Mets, that the the team kind of thrust into the new era. Um, you know, the the last game against the Rockies in 2005 was kind of the opening act for the magical 2006 team. So, um, are you surprised how quickly the Mets fans embraced the new the new regime, like David Wright and Jose Reyes? And not that they moved on from Mike. Everyone still loves Mike, but it was it was time to move on. Are you are you uh, ever surprised at how quickly that that page was turned? I think winning makes lots of introductions a lot easier. <laughs> That's true. And the fact that, that that team got off such a great start in 2006, and that there was this, you know, the sense of separation going on 2005, certainly the last half, because you kind of blinked and realized all those guys who you associate with the Piazza years, whether it's Al Leiter or Edgardo Alfonso, John Franco, Todd Zeal, John Olerud before him, you could name all those guys. They're all gone in 2005. And it's, remember, Carlos Beltran signs with the Mets, holds a press conference and says, I'm, I'm 
thrilled to be with the new Mets. And they really took that kind of seriously. And it was so it was Beltron's team. It was Pedro Martinez's team. I think it's a little forgotten what an outsized figure Pedro Martinez was for the Mets for a couple of years. And the guys you mentioned, David Wright and Jose Reyes, who, you know, when you're promised those types of young players, it's incredibly exciting. So uh, to see them come through, I, I should add. So while you've got all that going on, Mike is suddenly this old guy in baseball terms. And I don't think it really hit Mets fans until the last half, around this time of year, after the All-Star break in 2005, that, my God, we're not going to have Mike Piazza anymore. Up to then, I think there was this sort of, you know, you, you had the climax, you know, all those the Bobby Valentine years, the 921 home run, the playoff appearances. Now suddenly he was just kind of this old player who wasn't hitting like he used to. He had come and gone from first base, and people were hey, let's get Ramon Castro in there more. He's, you know, he's better bad at this point. But then suddenly it just kind of hit Mets fans. Hey, we're not going to have Mike. We're not going to have this guy anymore. And, you know, standing ovations just kind of became the norm at Shea Stadium for him, all leading up to that last game against Colorado. And, if, you know, again, if, if you were writing it, you would have said, eh, you know, this might be a bit much to say that, you know, Piazza kind of ha hands the baton off to the 2006 Mets. But really, in a way, that that's how it ended in 2005. I, it's it's rare that I can remember a a season ending without a playoff spot where you're just in this very good mood yeah. and you're sure that things are going to get better and you're rewarded and that I think is what happened from 05 to 06. Speaking of standing O's, I was there when he came back and uh, you the know it, it, I was there for it's that the best. and he had home run. It's almost like when know, they played run. when they played Voodoo Child for him. <laughs> yeah. Oh my! I I it ended me. It was the best was thing the, ever. <laughs> oh. It was great. It was fantastic. Uh, yeah, that, go ahead, Greg. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I was there too. I, I remember he, he, you know, he gets the music video treatment. He gets his, his walk-up music. They also gave Mike Cameron his walk-up music, which I thought was a nice yeah. thing to do because he was with the Padres that year. And Mike Cameron you know, wasn't, wasn't exactly the icon in Mets history. And uh, yeah, I specifically remember sitting there. He, uh, I, th I think he was on first base and... Adrian Gonzalez at the time, sort of an unknown rookie, was up. And I just remember, you know, he muttering to myself, you know, come on, Adrian, get a hit. And I'm like, why am I rooting for Adrian Gonzalez? Because I was so used to rooting for Mike Piazza's team that it was just instinct yeah. to root for the, the guy uh, behind him. So um, I remember that, that, that was a memorable uh, series. I remember saying to my father when Piazza was a Met that I, I can't imagine rooting for the Mets without Mike Piazza. But, of course, you do. And, you know, it, time moves on and, and it goes on and everything like that. But I really – I feel the same way about the end of 05. That was a great season, too. I really enjoyed that season. Um, talking with Greg Prince, the book is Piazza Catcher, Slugger, Icon, Star, and it's available now. Greg, you got some appearances coming up, so um, why don't you tell us where fans can, can uh, see you and, and meet you and check that out. I appreciate it. Uh, this coming Monday, July 24th, I'm going to be part of something called the Varsity Letters Sports reading series of, of about four authors of baseball books are going to be there. Myself, Jay Jaffe of Sports Illustrated, uh, who wrote about Cooperstown, uh, Ron Kaplan, who wrote about uh, Hank Greenberg, and Mark Feinstein, who covers the Yankees. Uh, it's at La Poisson Rouge on Bleecker Street in Manhattan. Uh, you can look up Gelf Magazine uh, to find out all the details. July 28th, next Friday, uh, while on the Seven Line will be invading Seattle, I'll be invading Rockville Center on Long Island, a store called Turn of the Corkscrew, which is books and wine. Uh, great store uh, run by great people. We had an event there last year for Amazing Again, and looking forward to it again. So if you're on Long Island, Nassau County, 
Uh, it's a beautiful place in Rockville Center, Turn of the Corkscrew. So got those two things coming up. And where can the book be purchased right now? Amazon? Yeah, Amazon is, is your best bet. Uh, certainly uh, Barnes & Noble's in the New York area in the Northeast, uh, I imagine. And you know, hope, hopefully your local independent bookstore as well. Awesome, man. So, Greg, I, you know, I got to thank you for being so cool with us since the start. You know, the Seven Line's been around since 2009, and I think since both of us are on social media as often as we are, we've always been very active with each other, and I always appreciate and uh, enjoy reading everything that you put out, and, and, and also, you know, at, at events like QBC, and whenever we cross paths, it's just a great time to see you. So, appreciate you taking time to uh, chat with us, and everyone out there, pick up the Piazza book, and uh, definitely follow Greg on Twitter, Greg underscore Prince. All right, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good night. Greg Prince of Faith and Fear in Flushing. Check out Piazza, the book. It is very, very good, I promise, because I it needs to be to get my attention right now in my life, which is on fire every which direction. But uh, it was awesome for him to hang out with us. I could talk Mets with him all day. He's the best. Oh. You know, a lot of times he was wearing the Magic is Back shirt, and he, he actually – yeah, if you're watching it live, you could kind of see it in the corner there. I think he had a little trouble. He had his finger over the camera for a that's second, good. but whatever. I uh, find that to be particularly endearing. It was great. I, I think that's great. It was I, great. I, I love it. Um, but yeah, when that shirt was came, was about to come out, he actually told me he had the original back in the day. They used to sh sell yeah. them at, uh, at Shea Stadium. So. Yeah. Um, I love that shirt. I yeah. got my dad that shirt. Speaking of nostalgia and mm -hmm. things from back in the day at Shea yes. Stadium, this is a nice segue. That's perfect. Uh, if you're watching live, I'm Very wearing the rally cap. Which, rubbing off on you. <laughs> <laughs> the 30-year anniversary is next week, July 26th. And we were talking about this, I think, before we went live. Uh, I don't know. You know what? My live life and whatever we want to call it when we're not live is kind of meshing together at this point. But um, I think we weren't live. But midnight is – when I say midnight on Wednesday, it's really Tuesday night at midnight if you're still right. awake. So it's Tuesday, really <laughs> – so, so Tuesday – at 11.59, one minute after that is midnight of Wednesday. So on Correct. Tuesday night, if you want to stay up later, maybe set an alarm, they're going up at midnight. We have 1,500 of these caps. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a one-time release. I, you know, don't. You know, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it'll be a one-time release because it kind of just makes sense that uh, we're releasing it on the 30th anniversary. For, so for a quote, if you're watching this live, I'm going to pull this up. Check it out. So I'm very excited about this. The cap is something that I actually had the original. I, I think I've showed this on the on the show before, but I had the original back in 87. I was at the game. Yeah. I always thought that it came with two balls, but it's really just because I stole my cousins. Yeah, you copped it. <laughs> but, uh, you copped the feel of his ball. <laughs> yeah, thanks, dude. <laughs> no problem. So, uh, yeah, it comes with one Velcro ball, which can be placed pretty much anywhere on the hat. Um, $40 a piece goes up at midnight. On seven twenty six for forty dollars a piece. Yes, they are a little bit more expensive than our other other caps, but there's a lot that goes into this. There yeah, is easy a, on my cap there. Man. There is a plush ball. Yeah, you're gonna keep this one. There is a plush ball, and the fabric actually had to be, um, you know, able to have Velcro stuck to it. So pick one up if you are interested. And do you think people should set an alarm or just hope that they're still available? I the think people should set an alarm. <laughs> I, I you don't know. See, you you guys aren't privy to some of the background on this, but. Darren has been talking about this hat forever. Years. Since, For, since we signed the deal with New Era, I'm like, I want to bring the rally cap back. And to see him talk to some people in 
specific situations about it and the prospect of it. Like he still doesn't know if he's going to sell out, sell these out. I think they're going to sell out in like a minute. So know. that's my bet. I don't think it's going to be as popular as the Apple Beanie. I think. Well, you don't have the. It's not going to match the numbers right away, but I think it's going to be close. Well, what I do like about it is it's one size. So you know, when we do come out with a special limited edition fitted, some sizes take a little bit longer to sell out. This is a one size fits all cap, and. If you do, if you are a big uh, cap person, they are the fifty nine fifty um, like fit. Yeah, fifty nine fifty fit. So it's not the um, original. I'm sorry. It's the, it's not the, the nine fifty, not right. the nine fifty original fit. So right. It's a little bit higher of a crown because that's what it was back in the day. Right. So a lot of people were commenting like, "Well, are you going to make it into a fitted?" But I guess they don't realize this is a yeah. It's a basically throwback. yeah, and also we try to keep it as close to the original as possible. So I can't wear the original fit nine fifty because mm-hmm. my head is way too big. So like the the big headed people out there, they can't wear that like you know the the narrow kind of like what I call like that hip hop look kind of fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Well, some like of those the, caps that we came out with recently, you're like, oh well, that's so you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, like the polo grounds or the token. Yeah, 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 that's you. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm like a straight fifty nine fifty guy usually, so I don't usually go snapback, but I can on the like traditional nine fifty fit as opposed to the original fit. I'm so pumped on this, man. They need to find a be- new era needs to find a better way to by the way to, to classify that than original fit and like regular nine fifty. They I think it's just really like a it's like a, a snapback low crown or something. Yeah, but they need to call it like a narrow fit or like a, a narrow fits nine fifty or like a wide fit nine fifty. That would it's more intuitive. I do you really want I, I guess we don't need to talk about New Era's marketing <laughs> jargon right now. No. Nah. But whatever. We have anyway, a, lot of, a lot of hat aficionados out there. I'm called Buffalo after this. we got to talk. <laughs> they might be watching. Yeah, there you so go. So we are going to get Curtis Granderson on the line. But while we're waiting to do that, if you are watching the show and you missed the beginning, we are going to give away this Noah Syndergaard bobblehead. It will come with the box. It's over here somewhere. Um, this is the giveaway this weekend at City Field. We're going to be there with the Seven Line Army. If you haven't picked up tickets yet, we're sold out. But Mets.com should have some kind of tickets available to get into the ballpark. First 15,000 people through the door will get one for free. Um, if you're a collector or maybe a Marvel Marvel head or a Noah Syndergaard fan or yeah. just a bobblehead collector in general, this is definitely something you probably want for your collection. So uh, you want to talk about something really quick? I'll, I'll get Curtis on the line. Sure. Just make something up for a little bit. Make something up for a little bit. <laughs> I mean, there's... Well, there's not much more exciting content than that, folks. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, let's talk about the Mets. It's interleague this weekend, so they have Oakland coming in. They should win. I, whether or not Yonder Alonso and guys like that will still be there is... is Hopefully a, Matt's bounces back because his last yeah. two starts have been brutal. I thought after his last one when he got lit up again, they were going to come out with some kind of injury news. But The, the bullpen's a little depleted because, you know, Sean Doolittle is now a, an old Washington National. So, you know, it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm optimistic about this weekend. I think it's going to be a good one. All right. We're very excited to welcome in our next guest. Uh, he signed with the Mets prior to the 2014 season, and in that time has totaled 89 homers and 232 RBIs over the course of three and a half seasons in the orange and blue. He's a three-time All-Star, and earlier this year eclipsed the 300 home run mark for his career. In 2007, he founded the Grandkids Foundation, which seeks to aid positive youth development via education, physical fitness, and nutrition, as well as helping to establish baseball opportunities to inner-city youths. As a result of his charitable endeavors off the field, he was a recipient of the 2016 Roberto Clemente Award. And on Monday, August 7th, you can find him at the New York Public Library to help celebrate Grandkids' 10 years of giving. It's Mets outfielder Curtis Granderson. What's up, man? What's going on? How you guys doing? We're great. 
We're doing all right. We're just having. We actually do the show live in my basement, so we're drinking a couple beers, talking to you, hanging out, talking about the Mets. We do this every Thursday night, so it's a, it's a good time. And you're the first current player to join us, so thank you. Perfect. Well, I'm enjoying some grapes while I'm doing the interview with you, so it's like being <laughs> in each other's house. I like that. That's it. And you're much much healthier than we are right now. So <laughs> we'll. That's we'll... all right, though. We're all good though. You got to enjoy a little bit. It was a good day, hot day, so definitely enjoyed it. Uh, the work day was long for us. And, and ended very well, so that's good. It did. So uh, first things first, Brian uh, mentioned the event you have coming up with the charity, the Grandkids. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? You might be the most philanthropic player in the game. Can you tell us how the Grandkids started and what's happening on August 7th? It's amazing. You know, Ten years ago, playing with the Detroit Tigers, people were asking, how do you want to go ahead and give back to the community? And education was something that was very important to me with my mom and dad. At the time, being educators, my sister currently teaching at the university level, and me getting my degree while playing baseball, being one of a handful of players with a college degree. So education was very important. And then playing baseball at the major league level would give me a platform for people to listen. So that's how we started it 10 years ago. Getting traded to New York gave me an opportunity to grow it, continue to expand it, introduce the fitness side of things, the importance of eating healthy, and then coming to the New York Mets, we also found that that as much as we want to go ahead and highlight the importance of being healthy and what that can do to you in the classroom, there's a lot of people that don't know where their next meal is coming from. So food is a secure city, such as New York, such as Detroit, such as Chicago, has allowed us to continue to keep growing, spread awareness, help out a bunch of individuals all over, and now we're getting a chance to celebrate 10 years on Monday, August 7th at the New York Public Library. Can't thank them enough for allowing us the opportunity to use their great facility. It's going to be great. It sounds like an excellent event. Um, you know, Curtis, I know one of the things that you're passionate about is uh, youth participation in baseball, especially when it comes to inner cities. Um, I saw a report recently from Ken Rosenthal that cited the Sports and Fitness Industry Association. They say that Baseball has kind of picked up steam here. Um, participation's up in uh, in both casual and core participation in one, three, and, and five-year periods. That trend, I don't know if it, it's going to quite resonate with people, but that trend is massive considering that all kind of other sports saw a little bit of a drop-off here. So what do you attribute um, this uptick in participation in the game? That's a, that's a magical question. I'm not 100% sure of why it's moving that way, but I can speak directly for some of the local little leagues that I played in, Linwood, Illinois, and Lansing, Illinois, two areas that have struggled over the past three years to get the numbers back to where it was when I played there almost 30 years ago. But, you know, with the help of going into the schools and highlighting how fun and exciting it is, getting a chance to promote some of the great players in the game, bringing those players back to the community. We've seen a three-time increase in the Linwood Little League and in Lansing Little League. Both uh, all-star teams are actually playing in their district and their sectional tournaments right now. So not only are you getting an increase in people registering, but you're also getting an increase in talent, which is great to see. Hopefully it's something that can continue. Hopefully kids are starting to realize that it is fun, it is enjoyable. They're watching, they're getting a chance to see different teams win, which is good. I think when you have years when you've got the same team winning over and over and it's not your team, it's real easy to not want to get into it. So having us go to the World Series in 2015, having the Cubs win the World Series in 2016, who knows going to be there this year. But I think all those different things have been something that's definitely helped out. All right, so again, the event is Grandkids, 10 Years of Giving, featuring guest chef Josh Capon, a taste of 10. So some of your favorite Mets players will be there, obviously, and uh, tickets are on sale. But we're really pleased that uh, you guys wanted to hook up our crew with a nice promo code. So uh, the 50% off discount code, I think it's the first 100 people to use it, is yeah. just the seven line, all one word, the seven line. So where can uh, fans purchase tickets, Curtis? 
They can purchase tickets at curtisgranderson.com backslash TK10. Type in the code that you mentioned to the Seven Line Army. I mean, you can't highlight what you guys do is amazing. I think I've said it a couple times in interviews, but, you know, the only thing that I can relate to what you guys do in this game is things I've seen outside of this country. The fact that you guys are so organized, the fact that you guys come color-coordinated, whether it's the blue or the orange, depending on what you guys decide, and you represent on the road, it's amazing. I was talking to friends and family that were in St. Louis, and I said, make sure you come to the game Saturday because the Seven Line is going to be there. And sure enough, you guys didn't disappoint. They were excited to see you guys, and I can't thank you guys enough, so we're offering the 50% discount code to you guys. Josh Capon's a great chef in the New York City area. He's going to have a taste of 10 with all his great restaurants with drink pairings to go with that. And plus, if you've been to different events over the course of your lifetime, a lot of times you see events that are very stuffy and you're sitting down and you're just listening and waiting for things to kind of take place. We try to flip the script and do stuff completely different. We want to have you moving around. We're going to have some music you can move your feet to. Have a good time. It's going to be really comfortable and casual. Some of my Mets teammates are going to come out, and we look forward to having you and the 7 Line come out there and represent. Yeah, thank you for the kind words. You know, like every time I hear you in interviews and you and you say nice things about the group, seriously, I get chills, and, and it, it, that kind of thing never gets old for me. I think the first time was after we were in Baltimore, but then you were a part of that Sports Illustrated documentary that came out during the offseason. Um, so, yeah, like – I know you had you spent a number of years in the Bronx, and then obviously you came to New York. But I think that you always go the extra mile, um, whether it's signing autographs or taking photos with fans, or even when we, we're doing our chance, we do like the struck them out. And I see your your right your hand, and you go like this, and you try to egg us on a little bit. So, what's it like to have such a strong connection with the fan base, or, or wherever you're playing? You know, the cool thing is the good thing about baseball being so regional is if you're from New York, you're a New York fan. If you're from Chicago, you're a Chicago fan, and so on. But when you travel to go see your team play on the road, everybody's doing it individually. So I may be a New York fan, you may be a New York fan, and we show up in St. Louis separately. So, hey, if I recognize you, you know, we high-five each other and we go ahead and cheer our, tier on, our team on. But what you guys do coming in together and taking over an entire section and wearing it together and showing it off is something that highlights it because you have a lot of Mets fans that are obviously going to be at different games on the road, but they're scattered. But the fact that we have an isolated spot makes it really cool and it's something that stands out for me. And I had never seen that before, except for maybe college football. You kind of get a little sense of that on the road when the visiting team comes into a, a home team stadium. Uh, but European soccer is probably the biggest one where you see it a lot, where the visiting section is just up here, but they don't stop chanting all game long. The seven line has definitely brought that to American baseball, which is great. And hopefully it's a trend that will catch on for other teams. As well. I, I hope so. I say that all the time. I think it would be great if we started going places where it was like soccer, where there was rival cheering groups. But we're going to be there next weekend in Seattle. We were hoping that Felix was going to be pitching because um, they have the King's Court. Yeah. So our shirts actually say Queen's Court. So we were hoping <laughs> that the stars were going to align where we and we're actually sitting on the right field line and they're on the left field line. It would have been yeah. great if they, if it worked out. I don't think he's pitching next Saturday, but anyway, it, that would have been really I cool. I think I think players that help uh, the bridge the cap between uh, people in the stands and and Curtis, I'll give you a compliment here because I told my wife we were doing this and she's a Yankees fan. And I said, what do you want me to tell Curtis Granderson? She said, I wish he was still on the Yankees. <laughs> so I said, well, if, thank you. well, I said, if 
you can be one of my favorite Mets and one of my wife's favorite Yankees still, that's a testament to you. So I, you know, I thank you. So thank you guys. No, of course. So Orange and Blue Thing, episode 30, talking with Mets outfielder Curtis Granderson. Um, we'll get into a little bit of baseball here. Obviously, the season got off to a rough start. Um, but after April, you pretty much worn the cover off the ball. 12 homers, 31 RBIs, 37 runs. Uh, coming into today, that was a 275 average and a 394 OBP over 64 games. So I'm curious, was was there a mechanical tweak you made? Was it just about pitch selection or getting a you know a little bit healthier lineup behind you, or was it just sample sizing? Was April just not your month? Yeah, April's not a good month for me for yeah, whatever huh? reason statistically. I'm not sure why it is. You know, I'm swinging at strikes. I'm getting good pitches to hit. Just wasn't able to do the damage like I wanted to. Kevin Long, Pat Roster, our two hitting coaches, we continue to do the normal work in the same process that we always go through. But at the same time, there's nothing mechanical that we needed to change. Even right now, you know, I obviously don't have the results going the way I want to. We still continue to keep the same routine. We understand that things are going the way we want it to. We just got to get results. And that's the way this game works. It's a result oriented game just got to get the ball to land in a little bit of grass possibly over the fence a few times and I was able to do that over the course of May and June so you mentioned Kevin Long so I know that we all know you had a connection with him when you were with the Yankees but can you tell us a little bit more of the impact he may have had on your teammates you know even guys like some hidden potential that Daniel Murphy he went on that run and it stayed consistent so can you just speak about him as a coach and what makes him so special I think we've all had great coaches over the course of our career from Little League all the way up to the Major Leagues for those that get a chance to play. But the best coaches that I've ever had are the ones that were confident and that you can always just go to with different things. And they had your back. And Kevin Long is definitely one of that. And Pat Rossler. You can go up there and have an 0 for 5 game and he's finding something positive for you to leave the day with saying you swung a good strike, you had a good hard contact, let's build on it again tomorrow. And those things make you want to come to, to the ballpark the next day and get ready to get back in the lineup, especially with 162 games. It's really easy to get down on yourself after an 0 for 5 day or an 0 for 4 day. But when you have somebody in your corner that's always finding something positive and something good to take away, that goes a long way. Yet alone all the mechanical nuances and, and techniques and things that he can go ahead and bring to your game. That's the first and foremost thing that he's able to bring. I could agree with that on, on a number of levels. I, I, we preach PMA, positive mental attitude, and I try to live, my, live like that in all aspects of my life, you know, whether it's cheering on my team or the way I live my life or, or things at work or, you know, with family. PMA, positive mental attitude goes a long way, and I think, just like you said, the encouragement maybe from, from a coach gets you – over that hump, and I, and I think it, it does go a long way. So, um, got to preach preach that PMA. But That's it. Uh, so I like it. I like PMA. That's yeah. always a good thing. Have fun. Go out there. Look at it. Even today, you know, everyone says you, know, you guys won today, but you lost the series. But we won today. Yeah. You know, why why would we not? Why would we downplay a win? Sure. You know, right, we got to right. win today. Tomorrow's another day. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Exactly. So, Darren Mean and Brian Ernie talking to Mets outfielder Curtis Granderson. So obviously, Curtis, the Mets aren't where any of us expected you guys to be in the standings. And you know, the trade deadline here is just eleven days away. Um, I think fans love to get an insight into the clubhouse a little bit because it's really something we don't we don't get a chance to do. So in this situation, are you going out there and all the teammates going out there and saying, look, we are got we got to prove to Sandy we're not sellers. You know, we need to get right back in this thing. We'll take three from Oakland this weekend and, you know, don't sell the parts. We know we're going to make a run here. Or is that harder to do when you, you know, who knows, you could show up the next day and get called in the manager's office and say you're going into a pennant race somewhere else. Um, what's that like? It's understood. You can control what you can control, and we know we got Oakland coming in. You know, we get ourselves ready to go ahead and try to win that series. 
that's the only thing that we can worry about. You know, the front office from Sandy and the owners, they're going to make the decisions that they have to make, either buying or selling. That's going to be up to them. But we're going to do the things that we know we're capable of. That's come out ready to play, have fun out there, give our team an opportunity to win. Our pitchers are going to pitch. We're going to pl- try to catch the ball behind them as best we can, score some runs behind them. If we turn over to the bullpen, they're going to try to do the best job they can to go ahead and keep us in the ball game. Well, we love having you here. You're, you're one of our favorite players. And, you know, um, you know, in the good times and bad, do you have – something that maybe stands out as your favorite moment so far as a Met? I'd say my favorite moment as a Met was clinching uh, the NL championship in Chicago. It was a combination of two things. One, doing the things that Sandy and the Mets organization said we were going to be able to if I signed and came to the Mets, and that was be able to win. And sure enough, you know that was uh, the icing on the cake by getting a chance to get to the World Series. And doing it in my hometown of Chicago. Got a lot of friends that are Cubs fans, and, you know, unfortunately we had to disappoint them a little bit by doing that. But a lot of friends and family got a chance to watch, cheer, and celebrate with me while we got a chance to advance to the World Series. So I don't want to be a downer here, but I did read uh, an article I think came out last night. I think it was with The Post, and you spoke with one of the reporters, and you said you're not exactly sure how much longer there is in your career, but you're at peace with it. And, um, you know, you're willing to play as long as you're not in the minors, with his, which we bo- both totally respect. Um, not that we're, anyone's trying to run you out the door, but if your career does end, do you have aspirations to maybe be a, a broadcaster? Or what, what's next for you, you think? It's funny. You know, the article comes out today, and I had some fans even come up and, and gave me gifts today. I think they took it as <laughs> I was saying I was done. No, no. And, and that's not the case. You know, I, I said that if there's no opportunities available for me next offseason, I'm going to have enjoyed this great run. You know, I've got a chance to play for 12 full seasons, which I never expected. And it's been fun. You know, a lot of great teammates across the board. And what, what comes next for me are a lot of things I'm excited for whether that's this year or if that's 10 years from now. And some of those things include, you know, help my foundation continue to grow from 10 years to 20 years and beyond, uh, continuing my education. And the broadcast stuff is something I've enjoyed. I know I'm not sure. I know I'm sure I don't want to do it, you know, 365 days a year. But I do enjoy talking about the game and analyzing the game. And, you know, if I can make it fun in some form or fashion, it's definitely something that will interest me. All right, folks, there it is. Curtis Granderson, come out and see him at the Grandkids. Ten years of giving event on August 7th at the New York Public Library. Tickets are on sale now. Remember, the first 100 people that use the code, the seven line, all one word, get 50% off. Come down, support an incredible charity, and meet some of your favorite players. Have some great food. Curtis, thanks so much for doing this with us, man, and we had a blast. Thank you, and hopefully if you guys get a chance to, if you get your, your first 100 to come in, maybe you guys can coordinate something for the 100 people <laughs> that end up showing up, and you guys can – Wear the same suit, you know, with a blue and orange bow tie or something like that. I yeah, think we can work something out like that. Yeah, we'll be sure. there. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. And good luck the rest of the season. We'll, we'll see you next weekend. We'll see you this weekend. We're going to be there Saturday night, but we'll see you next weekend also in Seattle. Awesome. So, can't wait. And hopefully we get a chance to match you guys up against the Kings Cry. I do remember that in Seattle. That was actually a pretty cool when they're up there with their big Ks that they hold up. And if you guys can battle that with the struck him out, that'll be a good thing for the fans oh, out there. No contest. We're going to shut him down. No contest. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a lot of fun. This is great. Thank you guys very much for having me out. Thank Thanks, you. Curtis. Curtis Granderson, Mets outfielder, three-time All-Star, and an all-around amazing guy. I mean, seriously, does it get better than that? Woo! I mean, and now you're relaxed, right? Now you're okay? Yeah. See, see, what happens here is that every time I come over, we're going to have a big guest. Happened with KB. He is so tense. That show was horrible. The K- we have to have KB back on because that's when we were still running the whole thing off my laptop. We were. We were. <laughs> but still... Do you feel better now? Oh, you feel, I you feel, feel excellent. That went a lot better than I thought. Okay, good. We'll see. Bring you know. on Piazza. Bring on Piazza. Well? Well what? Well? No, no, no. Well, I don't know. We're working on it. But working it, on it. 
Episode 31's next week. It would be nice yes. if we can get Mike Piazza on. It would be nice. Who we'll say. We'll you say. never stay, know. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. All right. What are we jumping into here? We're running late, so hopefully you don't have any place to be. Yeah, I don't think so. I think people are hanging out. Where really? They're happy. Sometimes to... you're not that you rush out the door, but... Uh, Me? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean... Cut last week you had the family reunion. Last week you had the family reunion. So I was like, Speaking dude, of the family... Dude, I'm, I'm leaving, dude. I'm, I gotta go. I gotta go. People love Poppy. People... Poppy's a star. <laughs> Poppy's a star. If you didn't watch last week's episode, we tried to do live calls, and we tested it during the morning when only like a couple of people tried to call. But when we opened the phone lines last week for the live calls, like 30-plus people called at the exact same time, and yeah. the service that I had set up for this did not work. Not so much. Epic fail. It was still kind of funny to watch the replay, but Poppy... <laughs> Who you heard call go, what's wrong with you, idiots, or whatever the hell he said. Darren, your game sucks. Yeah, yeah, so you, you called him back. And, and, you know, I got a voicemail, so it wasn't really, like, a question, so I'm not going to play it. But someone, I think he's from Connecticut, he said, uh, you know, Poppy was his favorite moment so far of our 29 episodes. That's fantastic. That'll make my grandfather's life. So. Well, he called. Do you okay. you want to listen? Sure. All right, so let's start off the voicemail segment with... It's not I on the voicemail. I think I say, "Hey, can you keep it to fifteen seconds?" I told he tried to time it and he read it faster. I think. Oh, so. he he wrote it down. I was going to ask he, you if he you, wrote it, he wrote it down. I think. Okay, here we go. Uh, here we go. This is Coach Bobby giving you a little insight on old time baseball. But before I get into that, here's my question of the day: What do you think about not pitching to a batter and just sending him to first base on an intentional walk? <laughs> Alvin Dark, the New York Giants shortstop and later manager, his nickname was Blackie, died in 1994 at the age of 92. Played 14 years, 1946 to 1960. In 1948, he was a rookie of the year, three-time All-Star, was the first shortstop to hit more than 20 home runs more than once. He averaged 300 or more three times in his career, hit a 411 slugging average, was seventh highest in the National League as a National League shortstop. And all of this just before the ball was juiced. Because of the new rule, sending the player to first base without pitching to him, Alvin Dark, who reached across the plate on an intentional walk and got a crucial hit, would not have had that opportunity by today's rule. The new rule changes the strategy of the whole game. Bring back, bring back old-time baseball. He certainly knows when to turn it on, doesn't he, folks? I love that, um, you know, just to tell us he doesn't like the intentional walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to no, go. No, no, he had to go into his one of his favorite players <laughs> of all time. He He's very passionate about uh, the, the kind of the golden age of New York baseball. Yeah. You know, because he grew up in. in Listening in, to with, your poppy talk makes me miss my poppy. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's great. I, I think that he should call every week. But. He wants to. He wants to, you know. We've got to get when we move like the studio. Where does he live? Uh, well, right now he's in Sarasota, so he's in Florida. Well, so. next time he's in New York, yeah. we got to bring him to a new studio. He'll, have him just sit with us. He'll be in for in October for RJ's birthday. So we'll, uh, All right, we'll for the Mets there. playoff run, we'll have him in. Yeah, ex- exactly, right? But, yeah, Alvin Dark's one of his favorite players of all time. He, he read off his stats, and he loves the golden age of, of New York baseball. So, I mean, that's a it's a good opportunity, though, because, I mean, younger fans, they don't know who the heck Alvin Dark is. But no. I happen to hear this over the breakfast table every <laughs> Saturday morning. But, you know. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, man, where the hell did I put it? There was a good one. Oh, and the new rule does bite. It's just it's pointless. Yeah, we've talked about it before. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 too late now, and it definitely does not, in either of our opinions, do anything to speed up the game. But um, Stupid. I had a great question here, and I dragged it, and I dropped it somewhere else, and I we might have to skip it. Okay. All right. Anyway, here we go. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is 
Rich over in Rocky Point. And just serious question. I got a two-year-old son. I'm raising him to be a Mets fan. My wife says that's child abuse. Um, is that bullshit or no? Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's not. It's not bullshit. I mean, we're both raising. Well, you're. I don't know. You're weird with, with no, stuff, but no, I'm not. I'm not weird at all. All right, you Mets, are Mets, Giants, Islanders is RJ's choice. Well, his his. You're born into upon. this. You're born into this. It's not child abuse. It's, it's, not, it's welcoming another member of the orange and blue look, into the family look, of fan base. You I've know? said like, many, many a times we are not cursed. We are very fortunate to have the franchise we have. Did you run out of beer? Yes. Oh man. Do you want me to make a beer run? For you, I have one left. All right, I don't think it's child abuse, <laughs> so I'm going to make a beer. Run. No, but good, good, good. Uh, no, yeah, come on, come on. What are you trying? <laughs> All right, Brian will be right back, but I can't play the next question because you won't, won't be able to hear it. But no, more Mets fans, the better. Brian's making a beer run. If you haven't shared the show yet, you should do that now. We are going to give away this Noah Syndergaard bobblehead towards the end of the program, which I'm having a great time. You got I'm having share? a great time. Oh, what are you doing over here? Oh, <laughs> sorry. I right, put your headphones in. We got two different calls from people asking what kind of haul we can get back from the Red Sox. Do you want to hear that or yeah, do you not care? I mean, whatever. I don't know the Red Sox roster enough to make any kind of. Uh, I don't either. So why don't you just skip it? I don't know. A prospect. I, I like you don't <laughs> you don't know. I mean, first of all, I have no idea why they'd want a Strubel Cabrera to play third base. because He's only played one inning there in his whole major league career. So unless and and as we've established, Wilmer Flores and TJ Rivera can't play third base. So they're going to trade for a third baseman for two middle in, for three middle infielders. It doesn't make any sense. Um, there are other options out there for them that uh, that work better. The, like I said a couple episodes ago, I think the 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 best option the Mets have to recoup a serious prospect is Addison Reed. I, mean, I think Absolutely. it's still the case. Who I met actually two mornings in a row uh, in the hotel in uh, St. Louis. He yeah. was in Starbucks. There's no, there, I guess there's a, there was a Starbucks in our hotel. And coincidentally, he probably thought I was stalking him. Coincidentally, both times I went down to the Starbucks, he was there. That's cool. So that was cool. Good, good to see him. Hmm. He wasn't as scary in person. Sometimes when you see that, that zo- when they zoom did in you, close to him. and he's this? <laughs> and he's got that stone cold killer look on his face. Yeah. He was actually very That's nice in person. Yeah. What's up, guys? This is Brew down in Florida. Drunk at Flip Night, as promised. Uh, first, Darren, I got to know, what is the Bordy Barn? Because you talk about it every couple weeks. And to be honest, keep in mind, I live in Florida now. It sounds like a terrible strip club. <laughs> but I don't think that's what it is. So let me know what it is. And second, do you know when you're putting tickets up for the September 27th outing? Because I am coming up to join you guys for my birthday. I can't wait to see you. All of you. Uh, have a good night. Thank you, guys. Bye. Wait, hold on. What day did he say he was going to be there? September 27th. That's the last uh, home game oh, of the cool. season. Oh, cool. Well, right? yeah, because I think Brew is going to be up for the uh, for the Islanders preseason game at Coliseum, too. So. I think it's funny that he's just asking a question that he could totally just Google. But the Bordy Barn, I used to explain it as the funnest place you could ever go on a Sunday for four hours and uh, they play like sing-along style music. It's in yeah. Hampton Bays. There's a big tent. You don't wear anything nice. You wear like t-shirts, and you, you can't. And, you like because you. There you, used to be the tradition that you could dump. Yeah, they, they don't allow it anymore. But people like for for virgins, like people that have never been there before, you get the doused in beer. To, to, which doesn't even really sound like that much fun to me right now because I'm an old 36 year old. But <laughs> when I was 21, I was all about it. But. I get like a little 
infant Tylenol on my finger. I'm like, oh, it's we sticky. are absolutely going in August, though. We talked about okay. it already. So we're you're going. So we are going. What? Kelly and I are going, and you're coming with me. Oh, and yeah. I'm, if your wife's watching this right now, he has no choice. I have no. He's choice. He's going. Uh, so the Bordy Barn's awesome. And what was this second question? Oh, 27th. Uh, we're not exactly sure yet. Oh, I didn't talk about this before, but the Subway Series tickets, there's, I don't know, a little bit less than 100 available for the two games remaining. It's uh, the Wednesday and Thursday at, mm-hmm. at City Field. Monday and Tuesday is in the Bronx. We still didn't figure out what we're going to do for that. We are going to have some type of viewing party one of those days, probably the Monday, so we don't do things three days in a row. So Monday there will be a viewing party. Uh, slash the Seven Line Army 2018 meeting. So we didn't really announce any of this stuff yet, but the tickets are only going to be available until tomorrow uh, on Mets.com slash the Seven Line. It's no surprise that the Mets aren't playing great right now, and the tickets are expensive, and they are in the middle of the week. So we aren't surprised that they aren't sold mm-hmm. out yet. So if you uh, haven't picked up tickets yet, they are going to extend the um, offer until tomorrow at midnight. So if you want to sit with us, Mets.com slash the seven line army. And obviously everything gets sold in order. So after that will then be the weekday game, which is a value game. So that should sell per- pretty quick. And then the final home game of final regular season home game of the year will go up after that. So stay tuned for that sometime in August. Sounds good. Yo, what up, guys? This is Sean in Charleston. Happy New Year. Instead of asking a question about bobbleheads, rally dildos, people banging in the bathroom, the netting at City Field, or trading Duda, Cabrera, Bruce Arias, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Brian, who do you think is going to win the Punjabi prison match at this weekend's pay-per-view for the WWE? And Darren, who, if you rather do a backflip, tail whip, or 360 over a pair of 20-foot doubles? I'm out. Peace. <laughs> I love that Sean has mutual interests as us and is not afraid to say so. Go ahead. You go first. Well, I think there was – I don't know what Happy New Year was about. Maybe he just says, like, the season's over and Happy New Year. I have no idea. Um, but I did tell people that if they are somewhat funny, they'll definitely get selected because yeah. we don't – we'll answer pretty much anything. anything. Uh, Mets or whatever is what I write. And I like that he definitely must ride or know someone who rides BMX because no one says like a twenty foot double. You know what I mean? Um, what would I rather? I've already done three sixties over doubles. I, I I've never pulled a tail up on a double, so I guess I'd go with tail whip. But um, you don't even know what that means. Half the, the the people watching this have no idea what that means. But last year, was, I doubt anybody's going to know other than the wrestling fans what a Punjabi prison match is either. So. Yeah, well, uh, she and I were riding one day last year, and I was like October, whatever date. I just picked a random date. I was yeah. like, we're doing tail whips, and we. We both sacked up and tried them. I killed myself. but uh, <laughs> It sounds awesome. All right, go ahead. Uh, I believe that – I see, I don't know. I, I, I would assume that Jinder Mahal is going to retain, and then they'll, they'll do a title switch at SummerSlam. I would assume so. I think it's crazy how, like, every week there's a major event for WWE. It's too much, man. It's like every two weeks. They had Great Balls of Fire, the most ridiculously named event ever two weeks ago and now battleground is in two weeks and then on the on the 20th is SummerSlam on august 20th so it's just too much it dilutes the product and they put they have too much content it's like it's an active problem so if you do want to call us for next week we are eventually going to figure out the whole uh live caller thing once we move into the new warehouse but well we already moved but once we move this studio from my basement to the new warehouse but the phone number is 631-760-7722 so give us a shout for next week we'll pretty much answer whatever you guys want to talk yeah. about um but we're, we get a lot of repetitive questions here like there's one from a guy i don't even know his name here but he wants to know if Wright will be the manager next year or ever down the line because obviously we probably think this is the end of Terry's line. Uh, 
and uh, a lot of people wanted to know who's going to be traded. I, I don't really get into the whole trade talks. We talked about it last week as well. Talk to Michael Barron on Twitter uh, if you want to get into the hypotheticals. The guys, the guy who, guys are, the guy who is going to be traded. If you had to, is Addison Reed. The probably. guy, the the guys who are probably not going to be traded are probably everybody else. Maybe short of Jay Bruce. The whole the whole uh, Jacob Degrom talks put me kind of on edge a little bit. Yeah. I, it's not. I doubt. First of all, I doubt it's going to happen, but it makes me nervous. I don't even like to hear it. I don't like to hear it either. But you, I got to like, make a sign: don't trade Degrom on Saturday. But night. if 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 the Astros came to you and were like, "We'll give you Kevin Correa, George Springer, and a prospect for Jacob Degrom," you you got to do it. You know what I mean? Like, like, but that's nobody's coming. Like, if somebody, if the Angels came and said, "We'll give you Mike Trout for Jacob Degrom," you would do it. Yeah. But like, but that's the whole. I thing. heard some stupid. No I one's, pull this up. No Hold one's on. doing it. There was a hypothetical I saw. I think Charity replied to it. It was a hypothetical about uh, Judge. Let's see it. Hold on. Let me pull uh, it up. No, I mean, I wouldn't even do. I got to be honest with you. I wouldn't even do that. No, I, and you know what? We talked about it last week. Anyone could have a couple good two months. You he's, know what I mean? He's been phenomenal, and I think he's the kind of guy who has staying power. But like. I, I just wouldn't I wouldn't do that. It's team controlled starting pitching. I, I wouldn't make that trade right now, especially with the construction of the Mets roster. They have two. They they have their twenty eighteen corner outfielders already. They have Cespedes and Conforto. They don't need more corner outfielders. Oh, here we go. Uh, this guy. This I don't know who he is. But Damon something on Twitter wrote, "This will never happen." But if the Yankee, if you're the Yankees, would you do it? The Mets get Judge. All right. That's the, it. The Mets get only Judge. Okay. The Yankees get DeGrom, Syndergaard, and Reed. <laughs> Obviously not. But that's what happens on this week of baseball. You know, everyone throws the stupid hypotheticals out there on social media for, I don't know, for attention or for just to, to garner some type of activity. But that's obviously not going to happen. So, so we are going to end the show in a little bit with some Facebook Q&A. But if you do want the Noah Syndergaard bobblehead, we usually do it at the end of the show. Should Let's we do wait? it right now. You want to do it now or do Let's, you want to make people wait? We always forget. We don't okay, always fine. Forget. We'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. I will ju- I'll just write down. Thor! Don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I'll write all my questions around Thor. If you have a uh, question for Darren or myself, uh, or, or me, I should say. I hate when people mess up me, myself, and I. Uh, then uh, send it in the comment section now. If you sent it before, I'm not scrolling back through it. So send it again. And... Uh, I'm hoping that everyone could see the show because I actually reset. Like, I'm as watching we were, it right here. I know, but I tried to reset my phone and pull it up on, on the actual Facebook app, um, and I can't see it on the wall. So hopefully other people can. I don't understand why that's happening. But, yeah, we always end the show with a Facebook Q&A. If you're listening afterwards, you have you know extra incentive to maybe watch the live show. You win stuff like this nice little bobblehead we got here. This is, this is an interesting question from Michael Bernecki. Uh, during the All-Star break, there was talk from the commissioner about potential expansion sites. New York was one of them. I didn't see this, but do you think New York would ever have three teams again? No. Could it ever work in today's day and age? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think that the the time for that has come and gone. I mean, if they were, it would be something north, kind of like how the Buffalo Bills are the only team uh, that actually plays in New York, the Jets and Giants are in Jersey. But if they do, something be north that would maybe rival... Um, you know, the Red Sox fan base, because a lot of people that live anywhere north of New York on the East Coast, you right. know, Connecticut, whatever, they're just automatically Red Sox. I fans. have to be honest with you. I, I am jealous sometimes of the New England sports scene because I would love to everybody to root for the same team. Like if everybody was just a Mets fan or everybody was a Giants or Jets fan or you know what I mean? Like I, it's it kind of like to segment it. It, it kind of bums me out sometimes. I wouldn't go to three teams. Uh, I would think if you're going to expand 
Although I would assume you could move a team before you would expand. I would assume that Montreal would be like the the immediate yeah. the place that you would start. And I'm sure Vegas would want to get in there now, now that they're a two-sport city right. or soon to be. Um, I appreciate, Dwight uh, Arias, that you will streak down Northern Boulevard if we pick you for the Syndergaard bobblehead. But <laughs> uh, we're not going to encourage that. Um. All right. People Je- will probably do some obscene things to get this bobblehead for free. Yeah. Though. Yeah. I know. I enough. Nothing to me. Thanks. <laughs> Not that we're asking you to. But yeah. You probably would. Uh. Je- <laughs> yeah. Our DMA is a lot of dudes. So you know. No, thank you. Uh. Jeff Sanders says. Uh. Any bucket hats in the making? Uh, people want bucket hat. Why? When did this happen? We've sold two different bucket hats, but they weren't designed they were by us error, at the right? program cap. So yeah. people see that we come out with a lot of hats every once in a while, um, but they aren't caps that we design. So people get something in the mail and they say, well, where's the T7 logo? But we, like, we have an agreement with New Era. We can purchase whatever they come out with. Right. So the two bucket hats that we sold weren't designed by us, but we have nothing in the works for another bucket hat. Uh, Bauer wants to know... Uh, watch parties for the uh, Bronx games of the Subway Series. Have we come up with anything? We just chat about that. I mean, I'm sure Mulcahy's would love to have us. I'm not exactly sure if um, that's going to be too out of the way for people. I'd rather not go towards City Field. I mean, City Field is is great to be at, obviously, on game days. Not, no disrespect to McFadden's, but um, we are going to be there on the Thursday and uh, Wednesday and Thursday already. So I don't know how, how many people are going to want to go to Queens if they're not from Queens on Monday, Thursday, and Friday. Right. So we might try to do a Long Island one. I'll stay tuned on that. I'll work on it soon. I know Tim from uh, Mulcahy's was ha- would be happy to have us. Um, if you're watching this now and, and you'd like to go to Mulcahy's, let us know. Um, John Guarino wants to know what shirt I'm wearing. This is my all-star jersey from 2012 for my baseball team. Uh, that's what it is. It matches perfectly it with does. that It does. You like that? And is my Kalo ring? Uh, this is the fitted. Yeah, Brian's wearing the Stars and Stripes snap yeah. at, uh, fitted, which was you actually... See how patriotic I am? I got my Kalo ring oh, wow. on, red, white, and blue. How about that? You like that? We do have some of these caps left, and a portion of the proceeds goes to Tuesday's Children, which was a charity that was formed after the uh, tragic uh, tragic 9-11 incidents. Um, and... There are some left in the fitted. The snapbacks are sold out. So if you're if you're watching this now, you're interested in the cap, go to the sevenline.com, pick it up. I saw somebody say back down here, uh, it's time to start thinking about football. And are we? I think are we Jets or Giants fans? We've talked about this a little bit. We're both born Jets fans. But not really. I'm not a born Jet fan. Well, like no, no one in my family really watched football. I think I kind of just was recruited from some friends. Like dude, seven, you made the eight wrong choice, man. You know, I'm not really into that many other sports. I mean, I'm, I watched the Knicks, and you know, I like the, uh, you know, I watched the Rangers. I haven't been to a Rangers game in years. I, I've said numerous times on the show, I have no like strong allegiance to any hockey mm-hmm. team. So if the Islanders did move to Queens, I'd be an Islanders fan. Well, um, we're, gonna, we're we're starting to work. I don't that. really care. But um, anyway, what we didn't get to, I know there was a question from Jay. And I forgot to play it, or I can't find it. I don't know. It's a, the the voicemail area over here is a mess. I, I moved some stuff around. I think I deleted it. But he wanted to know about signups for softball. We haven't talked about signups for softball yet. So there are two two things happening next week on the twenty sixth. Mm-hmm. One is the rally cap. Number two, softball signups <clears throat> start for the charity softball event at MCU Park in Coney Island, where the Cyclones play. So it is six hundred dollars per team. Um, the team could be between 10 and 13 players. Three of those players have to be female. 
if you break it down, it ends up being $40 in change per person, which is an insane deal to be playing softball on the field in Brooklyn. It is a single elimination tournament. 16 teams will be allowed to uh, play. What you get for that $600 per team is a food voucher, a T-shirt. Each team will have a different color. It will be numbered on the back. Um, one guaranteed game of play. Obviously, if you win, you move on. And a future Cyclones ticket. They did announce today what the ticket is. So we'll all get a ticket to a future game. That Well, actually, it'll be a previous game. But um, the event's in September. The, the free game will be in August. August 24th. It's a Thursday. Mm-hmm. But listen to this. There was a there was a Thursday day game at City Field that day mm. at twelve ten, so we might be able to do the day game at City Field and then go to the uh, go to Brooklyn to watch the night game with the Cyclones. So it might be like nine hours of baseball a day, Jeez. and that, that that ticket's included, so it's free. Um, so anyway, tickets uh, not tickets entries for the tournament goes up on seven twenty six, which is next week at ten a.m. They are going to let unlimited amount of teams register, but they're going to have a lottery system to pick yeah. the 16 teams that actually get to play. Yes. So we think there'll be a lot of uh, a lot of people interested in, in joining this. So the way it works is you sign up, you enter your credit card information. Your card will not be charged unless you're selected uh, as one of the teams that gets to play. You submit a roster, your name, your address, all that good stuff, your billing address, all that. And then uh, entries will close on 728 at 12 a.m. So after that, they'll do the lottery. They'll inform you and say, hey, you were selected. Your card is going to be run tomorrow, whatever it may be. And then we go out there and play in September. So it should be a great time. Uh, Tyler Siddell, um, with the with my favorite comment of the night, we're quoting Big Daddy. I mean, if OJ can get away with murder, why can't Sonny have his kid? This guy knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, OJ acquitted today. Yeah, yeah. Well, Not acquitted. No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, paroled. No, yeah. What, what, I don't care. I don't care. We've already spent enough time. Like, we've already spent enough time on a freaking – whatever. I don't even want to get into that. Dave wants to know, do I drive over or do I use an Uber? I, I don't drink that much that I need to – He's drinking light Uber. beer. It's yeah, basically yeah. I, water. I, I really don't drink that much. <laughs> it looks like I drink more than I do. So When we I, had McKellar on the show, we both were having a little bit thicker, heavier, stronger beers. That's, but my stuff was still like 4.6. Yeah, yours was a little bit lighter. You had the Hey Sally or whatever it was, and I had the other one. But yeah. um, I'm, I'm so pumped for that brewery, man. Uh, one last thing on as far as we talked about wrestling. Uh, Christian Garzone wants to know: Am I going to be at NXT Takeover or SummerSlam? I'll be at Takeover. Takeover is the best sum, uh, wrestling event of the year, as far as I'm concerned. All right, guys. So it wouldn't be uh, right of me to not play this Rally Cat promo one more time. So let's do that, and then when we when we finish that, we will select the winner of the bobblehead. I promise we'll ship it tomorrow. We are back up and running in the new warehouse in Hopog. I'm going to get a decal for the door that says "Hours of Operation." Monday through Sunday, closed. Don't knock. Order on the sevenline.com. Nice. It's not a storefront. So, like, yes. now that people know where we are and we have our own warehouse with our own door and our own garage and everything else is ours, we know that people are going to start being like, oh, I live two minutes from Hot Pog. Hey, yeah. could I do an exchange? Like, no, yeah. sorry, go away. Like, yeah. you know, you bought it online, ship it back to us. It's There's only two employees there. We can't just be opening the doors and doing exchanges in person. But so. nobody's going to be shipping this back, the rally cap. No, I hope not. So anyway, rally cap next Wednesday. Set your alarms midnight, 
26th, the 30-year anniversary. I had the original back in uh, 1987, and now you can get yours next week. So, uh, Brian, hold on. Stop. Julie Boyle, where's she from? Uh, let's see. Let's see, okay. Uh, Julie Boyle. From Somerset, New Jersey. Awesome. So, Julie Boyle, don't close that because this is what we do sometimes and then yeah. I forget afterwards. We're yeah. going to send you a direct message right now. Get your address. Send you your bobblehead. For those of you who didn't win, you still have a chance to pick one up on Saturday at the ballpark. Look how sturdy this box is. You know what's well, on here, too? It says... It says uh, Digital content offer. I guess there's yeah. something in the box that Ooh. you can download for free. Exciting. I don't know. Oh, here it is on the side. It's special code. Anyway, if you want to pick one up, go to the game this Saturday. You have to win online, though. You might want to have clear, though. That helps you. Yeah. So, anyway, thank you guys for watching. Thanks to, for, thanks to Greg Prince, author of Piazza, Catcher, Slugger, Icon, Star. Pick that up on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, wherever books are sold. Thank you to Curtis Granderson. If you want to pick up tickets to the event on August 7th, go to curtisgranderson.com slash, slash GK10, grandkids10. Uh, tickets are $300, but if you use the code THE7LINE, you get it for 50% off, which, if you're good at math, is uh, $150. First 100 so, people, though, so don't delay if yeah, you yeah, intend yeah. to do so. Yeah, if you're a 101 and you try to do it, you will not get the discount. So join us. It should be a good time. And uh, looking forward to hanging out with you guys this Saturday at City Field. Again, obviously, it's the bobblehead day, but we will be tailgating prior to going into the game. It will be our 73rd outing, and we're hoping to go 8-3 and three so far this season. It should be a good time. Wheeler's on the mound. We've seen Wheeler, like, pretty much every start so far. Zach that, uh, Wheeler that, package. Yeah, yeah. Zach, yeah, we, we, should, we should try to package that next year. Yeah. Um, and then next week, Seattle. We didn't actually announce the pregame party for whatever reason, but if you got tickets, you already got your package in the mail, which explains it. We're going to be at a brewery. They're opening special just for us at 10 a.m. It's directly across from the ballpark. They're even going to deck the place out in orange and blue uh, balloons. They're, oh, cool. they're totally embracing the visiting team, which is great to see on the road. So thank you guys for watching. And uh, we'll be back here next Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern, Facebook.com slash The 7 Line. If you're listening afterwards on SoundCloud and iTunes, we totally appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating. It helps us jump up those charts. Last week, we were number one for a little bit. New York's It always one, changes. Right? See, if, you, if you go into iTunes, you type in Mets, it'll say who's on the top. And we, we are occasionally at yeah, number, number, occasionally one. number one. Okay. Number one. Yeah, so uh, thank you, guys. It's all, it's all thanks to you, and we appreciate it. We have a good time doing this every Thursday. It's our hangout time. You don't get to hangs. see each other that often. Besides this and, uh, and the games, we love it. So, episode 30 in the books. Anything you want to say? That's it, man. Let's get out of here. All right, guys. Thank you so much, and we'll see you Saturday.